On this episode, one point was the margin just the wrong way. The Argos are on the bye week till TD Atlantic, but reinforcements are back early, and Montreal sure made some noise. Crack those cold ones, it's the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast, or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast. I am Clay Chisholm, you can find me at All Kinds of Clay. And joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.ArgoFans.com. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas (coughs) of House Ballinger. Second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. Still getting over the plague, guys, but I'm doing much, much better now. You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find the double... double. (laughs) Don't know what that was. Nah, you hit the butthurt alert on that one. I wasn't butthurt about anything. What the hell? Will, were you butthurt about something? Mm, I think I, I was, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, well, you can, you can, you can, you can find the Double Blue Order on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go have a look. We got merch, we got merch available, doubleblueorder.ca. All right. Well. We had a game. It was mm. all over the place, honestly. It was um, unfortunate. It started out really, really bad. To the point we expected this this podcast to be just one long F word. Um, but then it got good and tight. And, uh, well, didn't quite, uh, end how we were hoping it would, uh, Boris Speedy missing the extra point that would have tied it. Oh, started up, McLeod Bethel Thompson started off, uh, getting two drops by his receivers, a pick six and another pick. (coughs) Um, and then he went 10 for 10. For the re- the rest of the fir- the first half with 96 yards, uh, he ended the day uh, 27 of 37 for 314 yards, two touchdowns, technically two picks. One of them counted as a, as a uh, a fumble. Um, Andrew Harris showed up, 22 carries, 111 yards. Uh, Brandon Banks scored another touchdown, five catches, 95 yards. Curly Gittins Jr., five catches on five targets, caught everything thrown his way, 67 yards. Cam Phillips, after looking like he should not be on this team in the uh, the first couple series, uh, went uh, caught five out of seven balls for 57 yards. Markeith Ambles added the other touchdown for the Argos, five catches on five for 41 yards. Diverse Daniels has four catches. A.J. Ouellette had two. Andrew Harris had one. And uh, Declan Cross had a ball thrown his way. Boris Beatty went uh, three for three with a long of 52. Yeah. And uh, once again, we had uh, a good night from uh, Winton McManus at a, adding six tackles. He knocked Mwamba adding five. So it... Uh, in the end, the the Argos fell twenty three twenty one to the Bombers, um, but it was it was really a, two different games. <laughs> I mean, you know, in the the first quarter looked absolutely dreadful for the Argos. Uh, a pick six right on the fir- on the uh, on their first series, and. Uh, then Winnipeg went down and uh, scored another touchdown. 
added a field goal before Toronto got on the board, and that was it. Winnipeg more or less got shut down after that uh, after that first quarter, leaving them with just uh, three field goals in in three quarters. Argos couldn't quite make it happen with that last on that last drive. Did everything they could, and uh, Boris Speedy shanked it. Those hash marks are still playing mind games with these kickers. It was it was a, it was a bad hold. That too, yes. Yeah, that that was ultimately what the response. That that's exactly what it was. I mean, I mean, Ben Grant did a great job, basically calming most of us down. I mean, to be quite honest, when he missed it, I I was very zen about it, and not because I was not because I was friggin' rattled with COVID. No, I was actually quite zen about it because I'm like, well, we won a game that we should have lost, and now we've lost a game that we should have won. Just like well, Thanos, just like Thanos, perfectly balanced as all things should be. I think. <laughs> Hashtag Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it shows us one thing, though. I mean, the theme here is we know that this team won a lot of close games last year. They're not going to be able to <laughs> get away with you know, doing that indefinitely. And that game kind of... I mean, they did beat Winnipeg last year, but that was a game where they actually legitimately played, you know, a great game. You know, that this they got to stop with these mistakes. You know, like in, you know, two interceptions puts them down. You know, seventeen to three at halftime, and and you're not always going to be able to come back from that. And <clears throat> you know, you can say that yes, McLeod Bethel Thompson played a great second half, but. I, you know, I, I need to see that second that I need to see the team we saw in the second half for 60 minutes. And I'm just not sure or confident that they can provide it. No, and I, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson does. Either the exact wrong thing or the exact right thing. And every time he does the wrong thing, he then turns around, does just enough good to go, okay, this is why we have him. But he's also showing you the flip side. And there's, you know, I would rather have some kind of happy medium and, you know, less of the fluctuation, but. You know, it's, it's, he's hot and cold. I mean, he's very much like a sine wave where, where you have, where you have your peak, right? And it's usually a pretty high one, but then you have your valley, which is a pretty low one. And he just keeps going up and down the whole, the whole time. Yeah. I hate to bring out be an absolute. I hate to be an absolute nerd on this podcast, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it just comes out. <laughs> well, you know what? Every once in a while, we have to have to uh, have something smart on here. Isn't that why we bring Ben Grant on the show for the program from time to time? That's usually why, but you know, every now and then, <laughs> one of us, you know, has a moment. So you duck, you have, hey, accept your moment. The good. The bad. The ugly. All right. <laughs> um. Doug, you mentioned you took notes, so let's... You start us off. Where are we starting? Uh, I want to get my good out of the way before you guys steal it. <laughs> because I because I have more bad and more ugly than than, than good. But um, my good is the fact that they actually used Andrew Harris. Yeah. 
the fact that they actually that he actually used him, they got and they got they used him for twenty plus carries, and they used him for over and he got over a hundred yards. I know people. I know there's not people out there saying he shouldn't be doing that, but that's what he does. <laughs> Why shouldn't he be doing that? Yeah. Like, I mean, because, like there's yeah. some people, there's some people out there who say, who say that he shouldn't be doing 20 plus carries a game over 18 games. Could be broken down by, uh, whatever, November. Yeah. I, I mean, normally you see, you know, a couple of these carries that the, the running back is going to break them. But I mean, you know, I think the only, you know, opposition I would have is maybe vary some of those carries for him a little bit because those were 111 hard earned yards. There wasn't many, many runs where he didn't have contact with multiple defenders. Um, But you know what? The fact is that he was playing Winnipeg, though. That's that to yeah. me was a much bigger thing because I think that's exactly what he wanted to do. Oh yeah, he wanted to take it to Winnipeg. He wanted to win this game badly. <sighs> they almost did it. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, my good would be seeing that drive at the end of that game, um, not the end of the drive. Um, but the but scoring that touchdown at the end of the game, doing exactly what they needed to do, and doing it against probably one of the it, the best, if not second best defense in the CFL right now. You know they they didn't hesitate on anything and they marched down that field, scored that touchdown. Now we had a goof on the on the extra point, but you know I can't fault fault them fault the offense for that. And that last offensive drive was exactly what we wanted to see, and it just showed that they can they can do this. They can they can actually make the right play calls against a really good defense. And I think that's been something that we've questioned the first two games. Are they actually going to make the right play calls after they're scripted? After they're scripted first fifteen. Will, what was your good? I do like how the defense responded. They didn't, um, you know, the pass rush maybe is not quite where we're at, but. You know they did. Um, they did keep the uh, Cal- uh, Winnipeg's running game under wraps, and you know the secondary did have a much better night as well. So keep that up, guys. Yeah, they they had to, they they made the adjustments that we were hoping that they would make. Um, and and it showed because, you know, you would expect Zach Claros can do can play that dink and dunk game that uh, seemed to work so well for Trevor Harris and uh, Nathan Rourke against us. Um, but they were able to shut that down. Um, the other honorable mention for good that I want to say, and, and th- this happened before the opening kickoff. And I mentioned this to Will when we were there. It's a little thing. Sean Oakman, as they were leaving the the uh, the field right before the the uh, the anthems, um, he went along and he he gave five to every single one of those minor football uh, players that were holding the Argos flag. It's a small thing. But that's that's got to be said. That's another, you know, check. I mean, we we already had a good idea that Sean Oakman was a was a pretty stand up guy, but that was a nice little thing that uh, that I saw that 
is going to go a long way with us, especially with those, uh, those players that were there. Doug, we'll, we'll go back to you. Uh, are we going bad or ugly right now? Uh, you know, let's just go right in order. Let's go right to bad. Um, well, one thing I noticed about the game was the fact that there was that although there was two interceptions listed from a club, Bethel Thompson, it could have been a hell of a lot worse because there was at least four other passes that quite frankly should have been interceptions. And, and like I said, off the bat, that, that one fumble, uh, the one ball that was called a fumble should have been technically an interception. How so? Well, I, I believe cause he had two picks in the first half. Yeah. And then there was that, uh, the, um, one that, uh, it just basically bounced off the receiver. And and uh, Winnipeg got it right down near near their own goal line, mm. and I believe that that they called that one a fumble recovery. Hmm. Maybe because maybe just because it was like a, it it hit th- the receiver, I, but yeah, yeah. But, well, no, he actually caught the ball, brought it in, and then he got jacked up. Oh, okay. That's I see. I did. I haven't watched the replay of that. I just looked at it from. The exact opposite side of the field. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean that that does ha I mean, when you're when you're a south side rail rider, that's gonna happen. But I know because I was actually home fighting a fighting this stupid friggin' virus, I was able to actually see that Banks caught it, brought it into his body, and then that's when he got lit up. Ball popped out. Now when now the Winnipeg player who kept it airborne, he must he was probably thinking the exact same thing as you that the ball that if the ball hits the ground, they're going to call it incomplete. Yeah. So that's why he flew in the air and did that. But turns out that it what turns out that it wasn't going to be an incomplete pass, that it was going to be listed a fumble. So, and yeah, that, yeah, that was oh, quite infuriating, but still like that was mm-hmm. like that to me, that would not, that to me, that wasn't one of, that wasn't one of the ones that should have counted as an interception, but there was like at least, Four or five, other, like I said, at least other than what we've seen, there was like I counted at least six potential interceptions. Believe yeah. it, even that um, the um banks, the, even the that banks touchdown. touchdown was controversial. I didn't think it was. Ball never hit the turf. No, well, I mean, I not I I think controversial is probably the wrong term for it. You know, um. Well, contra- I, th- I, th- I think controversial, depending on the color of jersey, you ask. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, that that was one of the replays that I did watch. Um, and he just grabbed it away from the guy. So I thought that was that was fair and square. Mm-hmm. Um, Ref never whistled the play dead until mm-hmm. until Banks had it. Showed at the referee and he said touchdown. Uh, my bad is these goddamn stupid penalties that we're taking at the most inopportune times. The offsides when you're on the goal line, when they're set up at the one and you're on the goal line, you don't put any part of your body over that damn line. That like it's these little things that you know you need discipline that should not happen. And they extended drives a couple times for Winnipeg that we had them stopped. Offside, Hamilton. <laughs> he did that. He did that. Yep. I know he did that. I laughed at it. And I thought, and I immediately thought, oh great, this is what's gonna get the tinfoil hats all round, all riled up over, over down in the friggin' Slag City. Oh man, that was, that was funny. 
That was funny, actually. I, I still, I laughed. Oh. Will, what was your bad? Oh, uh, well, I certainly know what all or ugly is going to be. Um, Do you? But go ahead. Think. <laughs> what our ugly is going to be has to be everybody's ugly. Um, but go with your bad first before you go ahead with the ugly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my bad. I mean, it's, it's don't necessarily have one. I mean, it, it was it was like a feast or famine game. It was either yeah. things are going great or things are going real bad. So I can I can see where you're coming from there, Will. Like it's things that you would consider ugly necessarily wouldn't fit in the bad, and you know there wasn't yeah yeah I can see that. Okay, let, well the, okay. The let's Eastern Division. Here. Let's just say okay, the <laughs> Eastern Division. They got swept again. <laughs> okay, uh, <coughs> Will. Me. What what was uh, what was everybody should be everybody's ugly? Well, I think the elephant in the room is our players were fighting on the sidelines. Brandon Banks, Kevin uh, Tate. Yep. You know. And and. You know, Andrew Harris got in the middle of that to try and separate them. They made pinball angry. Yeah, you but done fucked up when you make, you make pinball angry. He yeah. came down to the sidelines and he looked unhappy. The one picture I saw him, he looked infuriated. He looked like he was about to whip somebody's ass. He looked like he was ready to strap the pads on and get out there. And you blame him. I no. can't. No. Because if it's I mean, one thing, one thing that the that a pinball led team, whether it's player, coach, general manager, whatever, it's team unity. Yeah, and don't you know? And, and I'm sure pinball. Sounds like pinball had a lot to do with bringing Brandon Banks to the Argos. So, you know, I can understand he wants that uh, decision or or move to be proven correct. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because Banks and Gittins are the only two receivers in the Argos who are consistent right now. Yeah, to a lesser extent, we got Marquise Ambles, but yeah, yeah he, he I, I, I was gonna, time. I was gonna argue that there. I was gonna be like, hang on, Marquise Ambles is just is right up there. Hang on. The only, the only reason I, I would say to a lesser extent to those two with Marquise Ambles is because he's been utilized in in positions where he really should not be. He's he's not a a tight end. You know, you want him to block as a receiver, fine. Don't try and put him up against a defensive end or a linebacker to block them. But, you know, he's he's been one of the, the bright spots so far. But, yeah, I totally get that. You, anytime you piss off pinball. And yeah. then and then we hit, you know, I think Dinwiddie's said the right things and i for one believe that you know him calling out brandon banks was the right thing to do um you know but he flat out said you know that that can't happen and they they need to mature as a team yeah and he also loaded the comments about the team culture last year yeah. You know, and I, I I don't know like I saw something different in this in this team last year. I don't necessarily see it yet in this team. 
but I feel like it, it could be there. It just I don't see that same same unity yet. We've only played three games. That's I can have a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. I mean, yep. we all we all get we all have knee jerk reactions. So, I mean, do you have anything else for Ugly Doug? No, the only one I had was that the first, was that entire first quarter. <laughs> that was bowling shoe ugly. Yep. Was. And it it ended up sinking them. Yep. And that's and that's what we're talking about. I we need to see that second half team minus Banks fumble and uh which men call it misconvert. We need to see that. Yeah. Yeah. On a, over a sixty minute process. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got like what? Uh, just uh, just o- over a week to figure it out. Yeah, just over a week till TD Atlantic, and uh, right after, shortly after the game, uh, we got some news that uh, Chris Edwards' six-game suspension has been reduced to three games. Worst kept secret. Uh, apparently he uh, he wrote an apology letter. How nice of him. Yep. And it just, uh, seems, it just seems strange that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah he apologized. Okay. He he apologized. He he realized that that he did he did wrong, and this kind of came in conjunction with the uh, official release of the fan code of conduct, which isn't, I, I would say it's by no means shocking, but because it is technically a, uh, technically, a, you know, terms of use for going to, going to any stadium. Right. So be, uh, so the CFL and its member clubs are committed to creating a safe, uh, comfortable, and enjoyable experience for its fans. Uh, CFL fans have a right to expect an environment in which they will be treated with respect by the venue, team, and league personnel. Players and officials have that same those same rights. So now, it, it, I mean... To be honest, this should have been. This is probably every venue's terms of use. Um, behavior that is unruly or disruptive or illegal in nature, uh, over intoxication or other signs of alcohol or substance abuse uh, or impairment, offensive language or obscene gestures, including use of such language or gestures concerning a person's race. Ancestry, place of origin, color, ethnicity, citizenship, religion, gender, sexual orientation, age, or disability, or to instigate, incite, or encourage a confrontation uh, or physical assault. Interference with the progress of the game, including throwing objects onto the field and uh, failing to follow. Uh, instructions of stadium personnel will get you or can get you kicked out of a game with no refund for your ticket. Really no different than what we probably were already <laughs> were already subject to. And I and yeah, and I think when you, you kind of announce that you kind of have to I mean we've still not gotten a acknowledgement of any wrongdoing from the Hamilton side. Well, as you well know, they they can 
you know, I don't I don't think plausible deniability is the right word, but you know, they could just say they're not gonna claim responsibility yeah. for their fan though. Nope. He's not yeah. affiliated with the franchise. Nope. Um but you know when you couple the that with the with the, what the CFL said, that's essentially the you know them admitting that yes, this whole thing with Chris Edwards, um, the fans did play a part in that. Um, now, I'm still like as much as I think Chris Edwards is a fantastic player, uh, and he's you know immensely talented and great for this Argos team. I still stand by mine that I would have cut him right then and there. But that's my personal opinion. And as, as we've established, I have a much higher standard for the, the way I expect professionals to, to act regardless of what's thrown at them or poured on them or spit at them or, you know, said to them and you know, a whole bunch of things that were done, but that's where I stand on that. But we get Chris Edwards back and I will cheer him on. Winton McManus, Enoch Muhammad, and Chris Edwards. That's going to be kind of scary. Be a pretty good uh, linebacking core. Now, I have a question with regards hey. to this fan code of conduct here. Does anyone want to check? Does anyone want to actually volunteer for an experiment? No. <laughs> because I was about because I was about to mention full Argo gear, Hamilton Labor Day. Guarantee you, there would be a lot of violations of that of that fan code of conduct that will go completely and utterly unpunished. Hmm. If anyone wants to prove me wrong, live stream body cam, full Argo gear on Labor Day. And I want and I would love to see how many alleged violations would happen. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting. Because I can guarantee you they'll get away scot-free. But that's just me. Yeah, well, we live and we learn, we move on. We've, uh, you guys got to take the higher road. Um, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes going the low road's fun. Oh yeah, no, obviously, but, um, there was some other news that, uh, came out, well, yesterday. You think? (laughs) <laughs> the the Montreal Alouettes have relieved Kahari Jones and uh, head coach Kahari Jones and defensive coordinator Baron Miles of their duties. Danny Machocha will step down from the or du- dual role as the general manager and head coach for the remainder of the season, and he's brought in Noel Thorpe back to the Alouettes as their defensive coordinator. And uh, Machocha has said that he is only there for the remainder of the season, and he fully intends to ha- to be back up full time in the general manager's box for next season. And then they went out and cut their best player. Trey Watson has uh, was cut by the. Uh, released by the Montreal Alouettes. That one confuses the hell out of me, but he quickly was snapped up by the the Elks. And uh, in his place, Montreal is going with Micah Alway. Solid player. So we we got a gym, so we got a gym pop maneuver. Yeah. It's very Jim Pop. Oh, yeah. Well, it is Montreal. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just, just when we just meet the old boss, same as the old boss. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Machocha. Love that Wheaton Hall. Uh, is no no stranger to the sidelines. Um, won a won a great cup, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, he, with Edmonton. He hasn't coached in the CFL in in a long time. A long no. time play. No. But you know, Montreal Montrealers will be happy. They've got a uh, now full bilingual coach. That that always plays well to the Montreal crowd. <laughs> I agree. But Molson doesn't own the team. <laughs> oh, but I, I mean, thought like, the, I thought the bilingual stuff was only for them for the Lake and Yeah. <laughs> They, they they took a guy from wherever in the draft. Wherever is that? Right next to parts unknown. Uh, yep. Well, oh, okay. Best is yeah. weight unknown, parts unknown. You know, I can understand a, a guy not agreeing to tell the that where they're from, but you're telling me you can't weigh them before their match. Yes. Well, well. well. Well, Orange Cassidy kind of does that. He's from he's from wherever and weighs whatever. I believe Brutus the Barber Beefcake was also at the beginning was weight unknown. I'll take your word for that. I can't remember. I think that might be just a little bit before my time, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, the. I didn't think the the uh, the Owls were in that bad of a position that they needed to fire Kahari Jones. Well, they're not. Um, but obviously, I'm not Danny Machocha. You yeah, know, they it's a bit of a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, I'm just going through their games, like they, you know, they. Ran with Cal with Calgary right to the end. Um, they lost by by one point to us, and then they slaughtered Saskatchewan in Montreal, and then they got humbled in Saskatchewan this week. I okay, they're inconsistent right now, but I didn't think they were that far off that you needed to make that change but hey sure no i don't think no they they were they weren't they were nowhere near as bad as their record shows yeah and i i don't know what what went on i know farhan Lodge, um made a comment that uh you know he had a feeling and he was telling Dave Naylor they had a feeling um that uh that they were gonna fire Kahari um you know the day before they 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 dropped the axe. Um but uh it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then they then they go and, and release Trey Watson, who to be honest, looked fantastic. I mean, the I question don't. that I the question I have is, if Montreal were two and two, do, do they still pull the trigger? I don't think so. I don't Make think so. A lot harder. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think they so. But and course, we now, still we still don't know who's going to be their quarterback, but but they've got a week to figure that out. I heard they were still leaning toward Harris to start. Yeah, leaning that. leaning that way, but they they hadn't made up a decision according to Dave Naylor yet. So yeah. they they don't they don't play till a week from uh, today. It's Thursday if you're if you're listening to this show. We're recording on the Thursday t- this time. Yeah, we're a little late this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, okay, it's a, 
we played on a Monday. It's a bye week. We're I think we're allowed. Uh, so I guess we got to go go to Will's favorite segment, the greatest fantasy advice on the planet. Hey. Um, and, and, and just to emphasize it, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this. Uh, it is currently 8.05 Eastern time on Thursday, July the 7th. So we are 55 minutes away from kickoff in uh, Edmonton. And, uh, well, I, you know, slim pickings this week, only three games on the sked, six teams to, to pick from. Um, I threw together some. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the, the list that I sent you guys. And if you guys want to make any changes right now, I put in Bo Levi Mitchell as the quarterback. Yeah, he's but the only. You know, I I would have liked to put Nathan Rourke, but I don't think we could have afforded the uh, the rest of our team. He's getting expensive. Yeah, give me a second. <laughs> no, keep going. Um, you know, got Jamal Morrow and uh, Brady o- Oliveira at the running back spots. Uh, wide receivers, I've got uh, Malik Henry for Calgary and Schaefer Baker in Saskatchewan. And the flex, I got Mike Jones in Edmonton and Calgary's D. I don't think that's too bad of a lineup given what's a, what's available. I just wanted to confirm. I just wanted to confirm Mike Jones's spot in the lineup because I know they're starting uh, Beatty at. Uh, don't throw to Mike Jones. So 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 with that, I'm gonna put out a question there. If you're not, if Will says don't throw to Mike Jones, why do we have him in the flex? Well, then I can take him out. Because uh, obviously, I mean, if if anybody saw on Twitter last week, I didn't read our rules of our league very well, and I used the bonus amount where I shouldn't have and got us DQ'd. It wouldn't have made a difference. Our team really shit the bed last week. Um, but yeah, we got disqualified. So, so if we take him out, We've got uh, 35.55 left to go with. So at that point, I would put Beatty in there. Okay. There. Done. Pick has been saved. Now, hopefully that'll, that'll be perfect with regards to our salary requirements for the game, but... Uh... Oh yeah, no. We, now we got fifty-five bucks left to to work with. There you go, perfect. Okay, so that that's our team. Barring any last-minute changes after uh, today's game, because by the time I, we look at it again, it'll probably be game time. Uh, well, since uh, we're taking predictions, we got to get this in before the game starts. Calgary and Edmonton. First half of the Battle of Alberta. Will, are you going with the uh, the horses or the antler horses? I am going with uh, uh, antlers. <laughs> Not me. Uh, antlers. I'm going with the horse horses. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going with the horse horses only because uh, for the sake of our fantasy team. Okay. Doug. Mm, I'm going proper horses as well. (laughs) All right. Then we got the, the battle of the single letters. Uh, We got the R in a saw and the S in a, whatever the hell is that supposed to be with wheat on either side. I have no idea what Saskatchewan's logo was supposed to be the field, but I guess it's supposed to be a field of wheat. It doesn't, I don't know what. 
it's an S with two things of weed on either side and some weird line thing. Yeah, I've Saskatchewan. <laughs> wheat. Um, yeah. Wheat's very important to that province. Yep. And potash. Yeah. And canola. And try. I got a few. <laughs> and Saskatel. Well. And Dairy Queen. Yeah. Dairy, well, Elphinstone Dairy Queen. Yeah, I remember when we used to have to go halfway across town to go to Dairy Queen. That Dairy Queen moved in right before we 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 left. That's some shitty timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm I'm picking Saskatchewan because I think they're a better team than Ottawa. Yeah, you're just picking Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan. They play well at home too. And yes, it is Saskatchewan. So Will's going to pick Ottawa because Saskatchewan. Yeah. Well, I thought for sure he would have punted. No, I'll well, punt. Will doesn't punt. Okay. Just, just because I because I know you you've got no love for the for the Red Blacks and you've got absolute and you've got no love for the Riders either. So that's why I thought you, that's why I thought you would have punted or or you would have been or you would have been like you know what if a if a bomb hit those at the game you, I I would be I would have no reaction either way you know that kind of thing. I think he I think he would have a nice you know little smirk on his face. Uh, Doug. Big green. All right. And then uh, we go to the heavyweight tilt, the two best teams in the league right now. BC. Time on Saturday. Oh, boy. BC and Winnipeg. Uh, in BC. I, I think this is going to be, you know, much closer to the last BC game, but I'm, I still think BC is a lot better than uh, I think they're the best team in this league right now. So I'm I'm going Captain Canada. Apparently my parents' dog does not like me picking BC. <laughs> Why did he bark? He's growling at it. As soon as I said I'm picking BC, he starts growling. And you sure he's growling at it and not at you? Well, who knows? They've they've they, they've uh, they've taught him. You know, maybe there's something outside that he's mad at. Something invisible. <laughs> who knows? Could be a squirrel. Could be another cat. Will, do you got uh, BC or Winnipeg? Uh, Winnipeg. And Doug? BC, and I think, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think BC is going to beat them by three touchdowns. Ooh. Ow. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close one. I think it's going to be basically last team with the ball. But, yeah. I think BC's rules just going to keep on going. They're just they're just going to they're going to des I think they're just going to decimate everybody who comes in their way. I'm fine being perfectly honest. And they 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 do seem that they're playing they're getting to that point. Okay. All right, gentlemen, you have 3 minutes and you better make it good. Okay, um, I was going to start off with the pork rankings, but I'm not going to go with them this week because I, I mean, and it's because I thoroughly disagree with their, with their methodology. So not this time, not, not going there. Um, let's see, let's, let's, let's take a, let's take a trip over, let's take a trip to Kazakhstan. Oh, I haven't even looked at our our, our uh, 
our friend Anton's tweets us this week yet. I haven't either. They well, weren't in English. Uh, well, I could I could tell you this. He's gotten absolutely zero love for Andre Pru. Because <laughs> there was two tweets in particular that re- that kind of kind of kind of gave us his, gave us his opinion. And the first one was the French referee likes missed calls. We are losing ourselves. And then, about 20 minutes later, the referees don't like us. So that so that kind of gives you what was going in, what was going through his mind at that point. <laughs> yeah. He also didn't like the performance of McLeod Bethel Thompson either. No, I just saw that one. The girl who caught girl who caught the football. Can a child many throw people, a football? Many people are turning out against them. Yeah. Can't blame them. Okay. Um all right, now I know I know you got I know Will's on Reddit. I know I I, and I'm on there as well. And just this just this week, there was yet another CFL expansion thread. Basically, where could the CFL go if they expanded? Now, I also follow this other Twitter account called, well, it's it's called No Context Dusty. It's a variety of accounts. So you have a no context dusty, no context flare, no context cornet, and so on. Basically, it's just snippets of the promos of like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Jim Cornette, like in the like taken like from the middle of the promo, completely taken out of completely out of context. So I go so I go off and I found a perfect clip. Or basically, it's what goes through my head every time the CFL expansion pops up on CFL Reddit. And it's just Dusty listing off random places. Yeah. So, so well, not that random. But, he's, but he lists off like Charlotte, North Carolina, Boca Raton, Florida, Bangkok, Thailand, Istanbul. Like he's just going and it's just him naming places off. And I'm like. That's King of Prussia, much, Pennsylvania. That's pr- that's pretty much what goes on in my that's pretty much my head whenever I see that. Elmer, Ontario. Linden, Ontario. Uranium City, Saskatchewan. That's my usual go-to. <laughs> Fort Alberta. <laughs> Head smashed in Buffalo Jump, Alberta. That's more of a territory mm. or a park or something like that. But still. What about kicking horse pass? Yeah, that'll work. Flynn Flon, Manitoba. <laughs> now we're really getting. Well, well, hold on. Is, are we talking about random places or are we playing shit town top trumps here? I. I we're just naming random places. Oh, okay. Because I mean, cause, I, mean <laughs> I, I hope we're not. Because I hope we're not playing shit down top trumps. Because we all know what the trump card is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. I know what the, I know what the trump card is. But if we're playing shit down top trumps, but we're not playing that. So no. And um, and and they. I've got an issue. They put up a lot of yellow and they can't even match yellows in their own goddamn stadium. <laughs> that pissed me off. You know, I'm I'm going to go completely disgusting here, guys. So if you want to grab a bucket, be my guest. But I but I'm just going to say this. I well, when I was in the opening stages of COVID, I threw up a shade of yellow that was very similar. <laughs> 
I, I and I am not joking. I am I, not joking at all. July first, I was on my I was on my couch and up up whatever the hell was in my stomach was coming out and I swear to wild. God, I looked at I looked at that and then I looked at looked at the litter box and I'm like so that's where they got the idea. From. Same, same, same. Vile. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it still pissed me off that they couldn't match yellows. Like, for God's sake, there was like three different colors of yellow through their stadium. Mustard yellow. They all could have been varying shades of mustard. But, I mean, it, it, you know, as per Doug, it was, you know, puke yellow. Pardon me, do you have any gray poupon? Since we're talking mustard. No, nah, that, that has a little too much gray, grayish hue to it. Mm. Well, matches the seats, then. Matches the seats. <laughs> The, those those <coughs> excuse me that those great uniforms they came out with they, they, you know I, I will applaud them for their effort the yellow looks really shitty with that gray I thought they would have made hazard stripes <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm. It would make sense, no? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about it. If you had, if you had the, if you had the gray jersey, right? But then you take hazard striping on the sleeves. It would make sense in the Steel City. It would make sense in a factory, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of those in Hamilton. Anyway, let's let's move on, um, because I'm not gonna discuss them anymore. So one, and then there was one last tweet that was actually this morning. That uh, once again we go back to the whole CFL expansion thing. Once again, as as Charlotte, North Carolina, Istanbul, Jim Mullen. Right, president of Football Canada, and to me, who should be running football, both amateur and professional in this country, says the CFL ought to take a look at at the Southern Ontario region of Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, and Guelph for CFL expansion. And with the points of looking to retrofit a stadium, about three quarters of a million people in the region, bustling businesses and commerce. Good incomes. I, I, and but he means disposable income. And you think he said this on Green Zone, whatever, some Saskatchewan thing. Oh, okay, it's their sports show. Now, as someone who lives out in that particular region, region, and have been, and has got a very vivid imagination about such a thing, I applaud it. And want to see it happen because the five one nine, it, it's it's ripe for the taking. Yeah. I mean Waterloo Wellington alone. Forget Perth Oxford, or Windsor Essex down that way. Screw them. London Middlesex. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Forget for forget all that. Yeah. Well, and 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 the the football is huge down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the five one nine area code, there are five U sports teams. Five. Five. I mean, you've got the Guelph Griffins, Waterloo Warriors, Laurier Golden Hawks. Western Mustangs, obviously that they're the most successful, and the Windsor Lancers, who are undoubtedly the worst. <laughs> so, like this is this is a this is a 
big football hotbed that you could that especially like if they placed it somewhere central like like in Kitchener, like I can already tell you, there, there's plenty of space to build to build even temporary field at the odd, right? And then you could synergize that with Oktoberfest to make what I want, which is foosball house. You have the football game, and then you have the bit, and then you have the big piss up right after oh. with, with, the, with the oompa band and everything. Have Waterloo Brewing bring the beer over. I mean, come on. This, <laughs> if I had the money, I'd do it myself. Could you imagine an oompa band going going off for every every uh, touchdown? <laughs> I'd love it. That would be amazing. That it would it would be like you could eat. I mean, it would be one of the best things. And then of course I've got I I had ideas about jerseys. I've had ideas about stadium design. Like this is stuff that I talk. This is stuff that I like I said that goes through my head, especially during COVID when I had nothing to do. This is the kind of shit that runs through my head. Oh man, I haven't thought about that some of that stuff for years. But I I used to. Uh, I mean, even as a kid, I would, you know, draw different logos, you know, for, you know, excuse me, you know, for, you know, possible CFL teams. Yeah. Like, I haven't gotten that far yet because my my artistic ability isn't all that great, if I'm being honest. I'm more I'm more the uh, everything else. <laughs> Well, I mean, I wasn't that great, but, you know, at least I had, you know, the, the ideas. Yeah. The ideas were there and you could kind of tell where I was going with it. You just. I, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, once again, I'm going through it up in my mind. I'm thinking if you're doing the Oktoberfest game, then you, then you're going to have the spec, then you're going to have the special Bavarian colored jerseys where initially in my head, where, when I was coming up, when I came up with this idea, I thought of immediately, I immediately went to the university of Kentucky's. Uh, jersey style where it was like instead of where instead of the checkerboard on the sleeves you have the diamonds like the bavarian diamonds the light yep. blue and white oh come on you've got i mean like i said it right it like everything writes itself in this one yeah it would work it would work and not only that kitchener kitchener Back in the 50s was the last ORFU team to challenge for a Grey Cup. <laughs> Kitchener had a team back in the 50s. Cookie Gilchrist played on it, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, it, you, could re, you could rebuild that. I mean, Sarnia would obviously also be a very good idea. Problem is, it, it might be just a bit too, it might be too small. Yeah, it's a sign is a bit too small and a little bit um, distant, separated from you know they they just something like that. But well, it's just a it's a yeah. trip on the trip on the four hundred two. It's and you can go yeah. and you can go and if you're and if you're adventurous, you can go buck fifty on the four hundred two. No one's gonna say shit. Yeah, pretty much. Because the limit on the 402 is 110. Now, I think we should kind of get back to some, the, the the things that were thrown out there. Uh, the, the obvious ones, they threw out Quebec City. Um, Make Kitchener happen, damn it. <laughs> Kingston. Would be an interesting one. Yeah, they had the, technically they did have a team that only lasted like a season back in like the or back in the turn of the century. And they would just have to like share the stadium with the with Queens because that's Queens, Queens has got a nice facility. Oh yeah, they just have to you know add a couple. A few more rows around that bowl. 
but that's that's a great looking facility. I think we could go on way too long with all this stuff. Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much they could, so. But... They, they could be a whole other show. Mm-hmm. We could. We could do that. I mean, but like I said, I've made I've made my point. Yep. The 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 five one nine should, in my opinion, should be getting a team. If they can't make it work in Halifax, give like if the five one nine is wide open. Yep. Let's go. All right, is that all we got for the the three minute warning that has gone on really long? Well, that's that's what it's what I do, right? <laughs> the longest three minutes in podcast history. Yeah, it's it's three minutes. It's three minutes if you're playing in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much with the timeouts uh, and everything, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else. That that's it. All right, oh. uh, then Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at DougD519. You can find my you can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on Instagram at the Double Blue Order. Get your merch, including the law firm t-shirt, doubleblueorder.ca. And Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We'll talk to you next week when we're previewing TD Atlantic and the fantastic beer that they've uh, brought out just for that game. Cheers, everyone. Hello? Hello?